everybody, and welcome to Take Control ADHD. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast that we do about ADHD. It is. I'm going to do that again. You know what? Let's do it again. No, you should keep it. You think? Okay. Well, then it is a podcast about ADHD, and it's an ADHD podcast on True Story FM. And I'm Pete Wright, and that there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello. I'm in the podcast. <laughs> we're stumbling <laughs> toward podcasting today, uh, and uh, we're. T- this is the end of a glorious series, Nikki. Oh, yes. the series is over on self-compassion, and we thought today might be a good opportunity. We used to do this. I think we did this for a little while on a lot of our series that we did. We just did these kind of recap reflection episodes. Yeah. Um, we haven't done that in a while. This one seems like it merits a bit of a look back. It was a long series. Mm-hmm. We had an a lot of guests, one. an important one that appeared to resonate with folks. And we're doing all that so we can set up for laughs next week. We've got, we're talking improv and comedy next week. So stay with us. We'll get through self more, a little more self-compassion. And then we're going to hang it up for a little while. I mean, you know, Sounds we're going to try and remain self-compassionate. But well, right. We're not going to talk about it. We just stop doing. We're just going to stop being <laughs> self-compassionate when the, when the series ends. All right. Right. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really, really connect with us, join us on the ADHD Discord community. It's super easy to jump into the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord, and you will be whisked over to the general invitation and login. And if you're looking for a little bit more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting for us. With just a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in the community. We have lots of things going on. As as we record this, in fact, we just wrapped up tax study halls that came out for members of the community. Man, you've been doing so many taxes, Nikki. Holy cow, I see those notifications every day over the last weekend. It's been really, really great to see all those taxes getting done and accountability for all. So lots of awesome things going on. Just head over again to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Thank you for your support. You know, you know what, what time of year it is. What time of, of podcast? Do you know what time of podcast it is, Nikki? It's my favorite time of it podcast. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, this because is the podcast. It is the podcast. But miss- this, it is my favorite time because I get to talk about my favorite invisible nerd tool. You know oh, what that is. I it's do. It's Text Expander. It really is Text Expander. I love this thing so much. I still use it. Uh, we They've been advertising on the show for She's, I think, going on two years, and uh, I still use it every single day. Here's how it works. If there is a piece of text, any piece of text, a word, a sentence, a misspelling, anything that I do more than once, that's a signal that I need to add it to Text Expander. I keep my most used emails and phrases and text messages and URLs and, and so much more, really, in my Text Expander library. A snippet can include text and links and images and code and account numbers and phone numbers and addresses, whatever you want. And the trick is, for each one of the snippets in my library, I assign a unique abbreviation. Then I expand it. I can deploy the content I need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps I use. Just type the abbreviation for the snippet I'm looking for and boom, text expanded. 
You can get your whole team or family access to all the content they need to use every day. Just organize it by department or group and make sure all your snippets are used consistently wherever they are needed with a team account on Text Expander. This month's tip, though, is all about organizing snippets. Oh, I love that. What? You like that? that you like you're just organizing snippets. I am. I'm organizing snippets. I knew that would be kind of a trigger word for you. I think I, I, <laughs> you're over there drinking your coffee. You're all quiet. And then I say the word organizing snippets and you're all electric all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you have once you get a large snippet library, it can start getting confusing to keep them all organized and categorized. I mean, you can use folders in Text Expander in the library to actually keep them all in one place. But I'm talking about like where you need them the most, like in your fingertips. Now, when I started using Text Expander, at Text Expander, I chose the semicolon key as the as the key for in front of all of my snippets. So if I want the date stamp, I hit semicolon DS, and that get, that expands to today's date. But once I got over you know a hundred snippets, and now I have hundreds and hundreds of snippets in my Text Expander library, I started getting kind of confused putting semicolon in front of everything. That's when I started using other characters in front of each major group. So my primary trigger is still a semicolon for my most used snippets. But now I use anything that involves personal communication, email addresses, phone numbers, they all start with an at sign. Anything related to money and finance, so account numbers, routing numbers, anything in there, those all start with, I bet you can guess what that is. It's, yeah, it's a dollar sign. And anything that involves dates and times starts with that semicolon. Anything that involves math starts with an equal sign, just like Excel formulas. It's that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And for listeners of the ADHD podcast, you can get 20% off your first year of service. All you have to do is visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Text Expander. You will be whisked over to our page on their site where you can get started today. Again, if you get started now, you'll save 20% off your subscription. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work work the way your brain works by saying more in less time and with less effort using Text Expander. Our great thanks to the Text Expander team for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. We have some news. Why don't you introduce our newest team member? Oh, we have a new team member. You know, as we continue to grow this community, we, we started thinking about how we needed to grow our team to support it. And we reached out to one of the members of our Discord server who has been, I, I mean, as I'm saying this, it's, it's hard to introduce him without, uh, without uh, uh, aligning him with the gifts that he uses to support this community. It's Brian, user Brian. in our, uh, it's Brian. And, and he has been such a staple, such a staple, Brian Brunell, in the, the community for so long. It just made sense to, to see if he would want to kick off the ranks of community moderator in our Discord server. He is such an amazing cheerleader. He is a welcome committee for new members. He is fantastic and expert in his support that he offers people when they need it. And, um, you know, making his role in the community more official was just made so much easier because he was, he, he was thrilled to hear it and to be invited to be a part of the team. So it just feels like such a, a wonderful match to, uh, to get Brian in here working with Melissa to help continue to evolve this community and continue to offer uh, all the great resources that 
um, you know, that the community offers and connect people with what they need. So um, I'm I'm thrilled that that Brian's on board. Uh, we're all thrilled that Brian's on board, and he is the first official member of the TCA Discord Mod Squad. If you need I him, I like that. I know. If you need anything, you can uh, you can ask Brian or Melissa or obviously me and Nikki uh, as well over in Discord. You can find him. Uh, he is uh, Brian M. Brunell on uh, on Discord. And and I, I used the success baby emoji next to the Mod Squad, or maybe he did that himself. But I also posted the story of the success baby thing in I the off topic. That. that was so good. If you that if you're in the off topic channel, oh God, yeah. it was so heartwarming that that kid has grown You'll up. You'll have to put that is, in the show notes. Yeah, we should do that. It's such that an awesome good. story. Um, and and um, so our awesome, awesome welcome to um, Brian. We're we're thrilled that you said yes. Thrilled, thrilled that you said yes. So uh, now we got to talk about the book club. Yes, the ADHD book club is coming back uh, next Wednesday, May 3rd. Enrollment opens for our next installment. Uh, we will be diving into one of my favorite books, Focused Forward by James Ochoa. It is such a great book, and I can't wait to explore the topics inside within a group setting. First time I've ever done this, so I'm very much looking forward to it. If you're interested in joining the ADHD book club, be sure to get your name on the wait list, and you'll be the first to know as soon as enrollment opens. You can find the wait list right now, or if we're open for enrollment, go over and enroll at takecontroladhd.com slash book club to learn more. Outstanding. All right. I think it's time we dig into it. Yes. We've put it off long enough, Nikki. Let's reflect. The way I did this to get prepared is I actually went kind of chronological. So I kind mm-hmm. of looked at our our episodes and thought, okay, what did I take from this? What did I take sure. from this one? Uh, so that's sort of how it's set up. And uh, I will go ahead and start because the book that started this whole thing was the self, Self-Compassion self Workbook. And that is by... Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. Kristen Neff has some great uh, TED Talks and other resources on the website too. So definitely check it out. But the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook, A Proven Way to Accept Yourself, Build Inner Strength and Thrive. Loved this book. It was recommended to me by a uh, client of mine. Uh, It is also a book that I would like to uh, add to the ADHD book club at some point because there are a lot of... It seems only appropriate that that book be on the list. Yeah. Yes, this is definitely on the list. It's uh, got a lot of different exercises and things that we could do together as a group. Um, So I think that in this first episode, it was really just... I think the awareness of the components, the elements of self-compassion that that really struck with me because I never really looked at it more than just being self-kind. Mm-hmm. But then they put into this whole, it's not just about kindness. It's also about having this common humanity and being mindful of how you're feeling and not dismissing that feeling. And that was new to me. Yeah. Well, and you know, that was also when we started talking about the language we use about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And that 
I feel like that's where we started the conversation. And it was for me personally, a long downhill, <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, kind of breakless bike ride downhill uh, of realization that I talk to myself poorly, that I don't use the kind of language to myself that I use to my friends in need. And that just was continually reinforced with every single conversation we had over the five or six episodes that we did on self-compassion. Um, and so that's that that's where I I sort of anchored on that episode because we also wrapped it in a conversation on kindness and and humanity and and mindfulness and those the those sort of core elements. But really for me it was about, oh my God, Pete, you talk you a good game. Yeah. But you don't really you don't really walk the talk in a lot of areas that are completely that feel completely outside of your control. And so it's interesting because I could tell. I mean, I could yeah. physically see you changing your your expression started to change. You well, could tell you were getting. <laughs> yeah, you could tell like for people that watch the live stream, it, like I could physically see something changing in you when yeah. we started talking about this and how uncomfortable you were uh, sure. around it. And so, um, and I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate, and I'm sure our listeners do too, that, you know, you're open to talk about why that's uncomfortable because it, it is for so many of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. Um, you know, and I, I will say just talking about it, just, you know, having that on the brain, I, I leave here and I would go talk about it with my wife and we would, we talk about those experiences together. And it's been like a six week, kind of ongoing discussion about, you know, when good things, bad things happen, how do we reflect those things in the language that we use about our, our relationship to it? And so it talking about it does work. I, right. I think, you know, I yeah. feel better, you know, or at least a little bit more practiced in using mm -hmm. better language toward myself than I did this first episode. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I'm glad. Uh, the self-compassion and shame episode, I think for me, it was a good reminder that, you know, let's not sit in shame in silence. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I always go back to what you say that it doesn't, it doesn't survive in the light. Shame hates the sun. I know. You always have to tell me that every single time. And I, I may not remember the exact words that you, but you use, get the feeling. but yeah. I get the feeling and I understand, yeah. you know, what's going on there. And, you know, we talk about as a coach, especially there's a lot of conversation around self-compassion and shame in my everyday sessions, right? When I'm talking to people and what's so interesting uh, to me and, and such a privilege to witness is when someone is verbally processing what's going on and you can hear them starting to kind of beat themselves up. But then when they're questioned, like, how do you know that that's what that person is thinking? You know, how do you know, right? And you start to kind of question it. They come to the, the conclusion themselves as they're talking through it that, wait a minute, maybe this yeah. isn't a true story. Maybe I am um, going to the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. not exploring what if something else happened, right? So I yeah. think that that was just a really um, interesting topic to talk about because I, I see it so much in my everyday coaching. I think, I think that one was interesting too because we, we brought shame around to the somatic experience of 
of self-compassion. Like where do we mm-hmm. feel it when we're feeling negative in our bodies? And that, that's that been something I've been trying to be more reflective of um, is like when I am, when I'm feeling that sense of self-doubt or self-loathing, do I feel it in my body somewhere? Do I have a stomach ache or do my joints hurt? Or what is, do I have a sore throat? Does that get tight? Like those are the kinds of things that sort of manifest for me. And being able to connect those things as triggers that maybe my lived experience, my physical in-body experience can be a trigger to an emotional thing that I haven't been able to to see clearly, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like you know, sometimes when you eat, like if you are lactose intolerant, I don't know if you're who's lactose intolerant, but my understanding is you're lactose intolerant, you eat lactose, there will be some gap time before you get sick and you start feeling crummy. And some for some people, that's pretty short and some people that's kind of long, but eventually your stomach's going to hurt uh, or something. I don't have that experience. I don't think maybe I do and I'm not aware of it. But the uh, uh, but that physical experience tied to a, an emotional experience as a trigger is important to me. And I'm trying to be yes. really thoughtful, thoughtful about that. Absolutely. Those are those warning signs that we need yeah. to pay attention to. Absolutely. Ugh. Our interview with Dr. Sharon Celine. Oh, I yeah. love this woman. Well, she's <laughs> I love her. She's absolutely a gem. Um, always so happy to hear what she has to say. And her definition of perfectionism, talking about perfectionism, uh, was so interesting to me. Uh, the way that she talked about how there's two kinds, there's that adaptive perfectionism. There's two kinds, the adaptive perfectionism, which is motivator. It is can be a motivator. Mm-hmm. Productivity, persistence. And then there's this other thing that we see more often, and that's the toxic perfectionism with the negative self-esteem, rigidity, and defensiveness. And I think just really like seeing that there's these two different kinds and that perfectionism, we carry it around like it's a badge of mm-hmm. honor. And it it isn't. It's a sabotager. Yeah. And yeah. I think even the adaptive perfectionism, like... I question a little bit. I think it's hard to see the the where to, where is it adaptive and where is it toxic. It feels like it's just all still one thing that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So I have more learning. I think I need to do on that uh, yeah. because it it's hard for me to see to see that point. And so that you know we always learn, right? We are always learning, yeah. and it's something yeah. um, to to look at and say, okay, how does what is good enough? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, there were there were two pieces that I, I think were kind of partner pieces in that conversation that really stuck out to me. And the first one is like, what is your experience with with compare and despair? Like you look at mm-hmm. somebody else who's in your field or doing kind of what you do and looking at at the public appearance of their experience of those things. And how do you avoid comparing yourself to them if your success is not exactly the same as their success? Right. And um, that is a that's a form of self-compassion, like a lack of self-compassion that uh, that I, I think really struck me as something that I, I say I've worked that into my vernacular. Like when I'm doing that, I can call it out, use words and say, oh, compare and despair. I need to I need to work on that. But the other side of that is the just one thing. Right. How do you use just one thing to turn what seems impossible into a daily practice related to self-compassion? 
right? How are the, how, and we talk about like breaking down hard projects into their smallest atomic elements in order to get mm-hmm. them done. But she's using it in a little bit of a different, um, a, a different context. What is the one thing that you can do that you can finish to your, or, or to a potentially not perfect standard, but you can still call finished and use that to, as you know, the, my metaphor, the, the match in the darkness to, to, light up opportunity for you to continue to move forward without being so hard on yourself. And I really like that. that so yeah. if this could just be my memory because it sucks right now. Uh, can we say that? Can we say what, that What sucks? Yeah. Without yeah. being like rated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you're, you're fine. Because you bringing that up, I forgot about that piece of the conversation, which makes me think this is why we need to listen to podcasts more than once. I recorded the podcast and I didn't remember that piece. Now that's my own issue, but still it it is such a good, I'm just glad you brought that up because I I forgot about that. And just that one thing is, is a really important concept. And when you're talking about compare and despair, I did use her story about her skiing uh-huh. With a couple of different people after we did the the podcast, I shared it with, uh, I think it was coaching with Nikki that we do monthly. And I think I shared it with the GPS group too. And how not to look side to side, because that's not getting yeah. you anywhere. Um, right. But you're, you know, you keep looking forward because that's where you're going. And then when you stop and look back, you can see how far you've come. Uh-huh. That yeah, is huge. so good. And I think such an important message because I think so many people look at their past as such a negative thing, but now you can look at it as no, look at, look at how far I've come. And that's just beautiful. Love her. Right. Uh, Where'd we go from there? I don't, was that, did we go straight to to Casey? No, we went to self-compassion with all of the feelings. All the feelings. <laughs> it started out to be sort of an anxiety. We wanted yeah. to talk about anxiety because both of us have <laughs> we're it. We're too good at that. We're so good at that. Um, <laughs> that we decided that to do all the feelings. And, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway for this, because it was, we, we were recording the show at the same time that I was um, leading a group on overwhelm with ADHD. And this had come up in our group. The, the biggest takeaway for me was labeling what it is that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so important to identify, you know, how am I feeling about this? Why, why am I feeling this way? Talking it with, you know, talking about it with someone else to kind of process the information and kind of be able to sit with it. And, you know, I got to share a personal story um, where this happened. So my daughter uh, went to prom last week, but didn't really go to prom. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> she did all of like the stuff beforehand. So her date came over, gave her flowers. They had a corsage. She had a boutonniere. They got all dressed up. They took pictures in the park. They're gorgeous. They had dinner, but they didn't actually go to the prom. Where did they go? They didn't do anything. after dinner. Yeah, it was just like a date. It was like a date, but it was they a date. They both decided not to go to prom for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't figure out the 17 Put that prom money toward a better better dinner, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. Proms I are mean, expensive now. I know they are. Well, in that, in that evening, of course, everybody is posting their prom pictures of their daughters. And right, because mm-hmm. we're 
we have the daughters and the sons that are going to prom. So I'm seeing right. all of these pictures. And there was a group of girls that Paige was, or, and it still is, friends with from her high school. And they were all together and they all went together. And it bothered me. What did? Seeing the picture. Why? That's what I had to label. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, I had to sit with it. And this is exactly where, this is a very good example of where I had to label this feeling of what is it that I'm bothered by? And I figured it out after kind of thinking about it. I think what bothered me is I felt like she was missing out on something with not being with her friends. Hmm. Because she doesn't go to high school with them anymore. She does online school. So she doesn't have the same relationship as she used to. And so there was a piece of me that felt like, oh, she should have been in that picture. And then there was another picture of all of the moms standing next to the girls. And I know these girls. I've known them since they were in elementary school. And I know all of their moms really well. And there was a piece of me that's like, I should have been in that picture with my daughter. So, yeah, did did your daughter have any of those same feelings? No, it, it, because <laughs> this is the thing. This is why, yeah. like... That was her choice. It was a conscious it choice. It was her choice, and she could have gone because any one of those girls would have invited her and added them as her guest. They mm-hmm. weren't going with dates. It was just going with girls. So she could have gone if she wanted to. They would have welcomed her. So mm-hmm. she even said to me like it's not like I'm being left out I wasn't being left out yeah and but and that doesn't matter what she doesn't thinks. matter right <laughs> it's Lizard what I'm feeling over. right I was yeah. feeling sad I was feeling like not I had anxiety around oh my gosh is she does she have any friends like I had all of these things and this is what anxiety does right yeah, it makes right. you think about something's been triggered and. I'm feeling really bad about it. And I have a lot of worry around it. And I I seriously had to like, think about it, label it, and then figure it out and say it out loud. Like, this is what it is. Not her did you problem. Say, did you mine. say it to her? Did you say it to her? Well, she'll probably hear it on this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I did ask her, you know, yeah. how she felt. I'm like, are you okay? Like, how do you feel when you see this picture? And, um, you know, she she just said what I already told you. Like yeah. it, she could have gone. It wasn't, yeah. A, yeah. And she wants to go next year. She really didn't want to go to prom. And even the person that asked her to to do the dinner, he he first asked her if she wanted to do the pictures and and everything, mm-hmm. and that if she wanted to go to prom, he would get tickets. But he really didn't. And she was like, I don't care if we go or not. And he's an introvert, so he didn't really want to go because he yeah. was an introvert and he doesn't like the whole. Social but he's scene. able to to have a nice date out of it. He wanted, yeah, yeah, and they're really good friends. They don't like each other. It wasn't romantic. Mm-hmm. And we were also thinking that that's probably why he asked her in the first place was because there wasn't any pressure um, yeah. because they're yeah. really just friends. Sure. But anyway, that was a total side story. But I just think it's important, like, you know, you got to figure out what your feelings are. And yeah. I decided not to look at social media for the rest of the weekend because it bothered me you know yeah i as as an uh, just as an aside and i'm not advocating this for anybody else but 
but I can tell you my experience with the world has been vastly better since I straight up deleted my Instagram account. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I, even represented on the platform. I yeah. totally agree. Um, I, I think for me, the big uh, takeaway is just continuing to talk about how all these emotions come in a zigzag, not a straight line, and they loop to loop and they come back and bite you when you think you're finished with them. And continuing to be aware of that and remind yourself that emotions, difficult emotions in particular, are anything but linear is, wow, just something I have to continue to say because yes. I'm surprised every time. Yes, I know. Yep. A good reminder. So, uh, our interview with Casey Dixon again, another guest mm -hmm. that I absolutely adore, and I always get to see her once a year at the ADHD conferences, and it's always such a joy. Uh, you know, she had some great, uh, great perspective around coaching around high achievers and how uh, self compassion, um, the lack of it, can kind of get into burnout and all of the different things that she was saying. But I've got to tell you, every time she comes on, at least the last two times that she's come on, we talk about this permission to disappoint others. And it yeah. just hits me so hard. And I talk about it in my personal life with my friends and my family. And I also talk about it at, at my, in my professional life with my clients. And, you know, it's okay to disappoint someone. And I love that she says, who can I disappoint today and still feel good about myself? What a great question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and then I also like her her take 20% off of your to-do list and see what happens. Yeah. You know? Well, great. and and that was when we started talking about our new favorite organizing tool, uh, our task tool, Tick Tick, and how it has a won't do list. And I've started <laughs> dragging things to the won't do list. And I love it so much because you can't even check off the box. It turns into a square through the box. Like there's nothing you can do. It's grayed out. You can see, oh, today I won't do this thing. And it's <laughs> you can't interact with it. It's my favorite thing in the world. So uh, I did not know how delighted I would have and I would be with that feature, but it turns out I'm pretty delighted. Yes. Yes. For sure. And then and then we wrapped up with a good pivot. Stop, drop, and roll, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got to roll with the punches. Stop, drop, and roll. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. Pivot. Yep. Uh, and and I think we learned in the chat that a lot of people have real problems with the Gellers, yes. Monica and Ross. That was yes. a thing I did. That was a thing I did not expect out of that conversation is just how many people have issues with Monica which in particular is, and Ross. Which is so funny and I love and it's so ADHD like to go and look at the chat after the recording and the whole thing is about the cast of of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta love I it. Know. My favorite. My favorite. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun, definitely a fun show and uh, definitely need to listen to it. So we have some listener feedback. Yeah, we had some people who said some things about the show. Do you uh, do you want to take turns? You want to swap these? Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that is on here, um, this was a member of GPS. They recommended a book um, from Brene Brown, which we love Brene Brown. Yeah. And it is called Atlas of the Heart. And I've been reading it. I just started it. And one of the things that I've already learned, which really wraps into what you were saying about feelings not being linear is disappointment is connected to fear 
expectations, Mm -hmm. all, I mean, like she really digs into like, this is what you're feeling. And this is all of the other feelings that are attached to that feeling. So it just kind of helps you really understand what's going on. And I haven't gotten very far in the book, but I, um, I definitely love it and recommend that people look at it. Uh, so that, and then that was from a GPS number. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What else um, do we got? Well, we had uh, this listener who said, I love this series. I will say it here as I say it everywhere. This is the best ADHD podcast out there for me. If I could afford GPS and all of all of it, I would do it all. I've listened to ADHD podcasts for years and keep coming back here. I even had a coaching call from Nikki two years ago. And when I decided to join through Patreon, it did not disappoint. It is 100% the bargain of the century. <laughs> You're lovely. Aww. Thank you so much. That's, That's very, nice. very kind uh, coming out of that series. Um, uh, this okay, is, this is a longer one. You want to yes, do this one? You want me? No, to do this I one? want you to do it. Oh, okay. You got the vocals. Right, here we go. Taking control, of the ADHD podcast is so far and, and away my favorite podcast that choosing between episodes is generally an impossible task. That said, the self compassion series exceeded even the lofty expectations that Nikki and Pete have established with their amazing work on the show. As a podcast listener, it was certainly difficult at times as they shined the spotlight directly on uncomfortable emotions, problematic behaviors, and thought patterns, and ongoing struggles that I'm constantly fighting against in my daily life. As someone who is actively trying to better understand and manage my ADHD, though, that difficulty was absolutely worth it because every tug at my emotions was also crystal clear proof that the problem is not me or unique to me, and reassurance that there's a whole bunch more folks struggling the same way on the same stuff, and that to some extent, at least we're all in this together. At a minimum, there are wonderful people out there who can empathize with me, and as a Discord community member, I know that many of them are willing to share their vulnerability to help me with my own. Special over-the-top praise for Pete throughout this series. Nikki did a great job coaching some of the sharing out of him. But one ADHD or to another, hearing Pete share thoughts and struggles that could have been pulled directly from my own brain was deeply touching and helped me to humanize myself and the struggles on these topics to a degree that I wasn't previously capable of. Mm. Amen. And thank you. Uh, thank you for that, that you know, uh, t- insightful comment. And... Um, I appreciate the compliment. I, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw what I, he, he heard what I saw. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Absolutely. I think so. That's um, great. Uh, another listener, I struggled with what to say about the self-compassion series. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, I was going through some stuff personally that made me feel con- convicted. I'm going to say conflicted. I spent time crying, but it helped me heal. It helped me make the avoided phone call. I'm holding on to talking to myself like a three-year-old with a skin knee. Oh, Aww. hallelujah. Yes, oh, that's, that's so great. Really that wonderful. came from Sharon Celine, right? Yep, that yeah, that was Sharon. And uh, and what a great, I, I'm, I can't believe neither one of us brought that up. That was such a great, you know, bit, a, a great way to talk to yourself, specifically when we're already talking about how hard we are on ourselves. Yes. I, I love the, the, the visual uh, of that three-year-old with a skin knee. That's wonderful. The Self-Compassion Series is another home run from Nikki and Pete and their guests. I heard so many things that resonated that I gave up trying to write them all down and practiced letting go of my own need for perfection by simply listening and absorbing without judging myself for not being able to capture everything in a neat, tidy little note-taking system. Very meta. So thanks to you two and this community for continuing to remind me that we are much more than our own limiting beliefs. They still pop up, 
and are a constant companion, but I'm learning to recognize them as my annoying friends instead of trying to get rid of them altogether. And that change in perspective has been huge. Mike, oh, that's so wonderful, right? <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's great. Really, really wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for your so, feedback. Yeah, so relieved that this hit home for people listening as much as it did for me kind of experiencing it. I think mm-hmm. that's my that's my big takeaway. So thank Absolutely. you, everybody. Thank you, Anything everyone. Else? I think we're good, right? I think we're good. We're closing right. up shop on self-compassion for now. That's right. For now. Oh, I'm yes. sure it will we'll come back. back. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. We will. Well, in every show, we hope that there's some self-compassion. Yeah intertwined in it. And we sure appreciate all of you for downloading and listening to this show and for submitting your feedback. That's really, really great. Thank you for your time and attention. And don't forget, if you have something to contribute about the conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel and our Discord server. And you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.